Welcome to the One Church Home podcast. This podcast is directly tied to our weekly teachings. If OCH isn't your home church, we encourage you to get plugged into your local body. We pray the sermon blesses you as we press into the Word of God together. Amen and amen. Go ahead and be seated this morning. Is anybody excited to be at church today? I'm fired up about it. There's no real good segue here. I want to talk quickly about disappointment. I, uh, has anybody in here been disappointed lately? Maybe by some people around you or don't, don't, don't look at them, but maybe by some life circumstances, something didn't happen the way you expected it to, something didn't play out right, and and what inevitably happens is, is as humans, we, we wear it. I, let me just put it this way. I do this. This is my thing. It probably isn't your issue. But I, something doesn't happen the way I want it to. It doesn't go the way I want it to. And I assume the whole world has turned against me. That everybody's out to get me. That the world hates me. That people, you know, so, so I, we internalize and we make it. This disappointment is just, it, it becomes overwhelming and, and and, and things get, you know, we get so self-focused and we, we, we lose track and it gets disorienting. See, the biggest example I have of this happening in my life is the first time I ate Whataburger. <laughs> People from Texas are kind of crazy. They all told me Whataburger is this incredible dining experience. This burger is going to change your life. It's, it's worth driving for. It's far superior to anything from the West Coast in and out of your life. It's, I'm trying. I didn't sleep very good. But there's this, this, this burger. You got to try my cousins from Dallas. If you're watching, you're ignorant. Uh, but, but we're down there, and they're telling me, this burger, you got to try it. You're going to love it. It's incredible. And if you like Whataburger, see me after class. But, but I went to the place, and I go to get a burger, and I take a bite, and it's a subpar Sonic cheeseburger. And I'm woefully disappointed with life. I, I believe that I was about to experience the, the greatest culmination of a burger and cheese and stuff, and... And all I got was, what a burger. And I just, it was just, what a joke. <laughs> this is not in my notes. I, <laughs> way too much time here. That was four minutes on what a burger. But there's this experience that happens when you, t- you try something and you just feel like that was not worth it. That wasn't what I, it wasn't as good as you made it out to be. If you're one of those people that overhype restaurants, we need to have a talk. You need to stop. Like, because you can hype something up and, and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and experience it. And it's, and it's woefully disappointing, right? But then there's times that people talk something up and talk something up and talk something up. And it's way more than you expected, Right? Has anybody ever had that experience? And so one of the two is what happens in church. 
Either we're going to be the kind of church that, that people hear, hear and, and they talk about and they see and they show up and maybe it's this morning that you're showing up for the first time and you're like, we're kind of like Whataburger. But, but people are going to show up and either experience more than they anticipated, more than they counted for, or they're going to get less. They're either gonna, they're gonna come into to an experience, uh, 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 the body of Christ, and they're gonna not just hear what we say, but watch what we do, and they're gonna experience more or less. And, 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 and I think by and large in American church today, in, in our culture of church, we've been a church where there needs to be more. We, we've experienced this life with God that if we're all honest, is kind of like trying a Whataburger. You just kind of eat it and you go, it's okay. I mean, it was fine. It, it filled me up for a minute, but I felt sick a little bit afterwards. I mean, it gave me a temporary satisfaction, but I wanted more from it. And beloved, that's my my heart and my desire and my vision for this series. And you know what? We've been talking and saying every week there is more, there is more. And so there's just, uh, I love that. But, but at some point, uh, you know, this series has gotten really weird. <laughs> I mean, if you think back, if you've been here over the last five weeks, you've seen, you know, we started, I had Pastor Steve kick it off and and he kicked off the series and it was great. And the, the next time I got up and I preached and I started talking about Acts chapter two. And then the next week, the Holy Spirit was moving. And so we scrapped the message and we talked about repenting. And then the next week, you know, we talked a little bit more about Acts. And then the next week I'm out of town and, 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 and Pastor Mark comes in and does an incredible job leading us and talking to us about, about unity and, and life with Jesus. And, and I thought about it and I went, man, what a... What a bizarre way to talk about more. And I thought, this is exactly what more is like. More is us living life in the body of Christ. And that, beloved, is a kind of, like if we're just honest, it's kind of a bizarre experience. You know what would make it way easier, cleaner, simpler, and just streamlined? If all the people weren't here. You know, like your life would be so simple if nobody was around. It'd be terrible, but like, it'd be easy to plan. There'd be nothing you'd have to maneuver. You wouldn't have to change or re-navigate. You, you just, it would be exactly what you wanted. I love somebody, I don't know where I heard this the other day, but they said, you know, I had a five-year plan until people showed up. Because it always gets complicated when we get in relationship with other fellow people, let's not call them broken, other fellow people that are not perfect. And so the body of Christ is this, is this beautiful expression. It is the, 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 I mean, you know, this is what was crazy about going to Israel. It's like, I, I have been a student of the word. I read commentaries for fun. It's like, I, I love this book. I've, I've, I've been in this book for years now and just studied it and studied it and studied it. But to be reminded by standing in the very place where Jesus disrupted the the. This, the, the crazy moment of the Feast of Tabernacles there on the, on the southern steps of the temple where he stood up and say, said, if you want living water, I am he. 
in the midst of thousands of people that were participating in a, in a Jewish ritual and he just disrupts the whole scene to stand on the actual steps where that was happening, I was reminded of something. That church is not meant to be this organization and system where we just all come together and try to get as comfortable as we can and get our mission completed and get our thing put out. But we, as the body of Christ, are a small part of a global movement that started 2,000 years ago with a man in the Middle East that, that, that lived a life and died and, 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 and then came back to life and ascended into heaven and then mobilized the church and then poured his spirit out. And when his spirit was poured out on common, normal people, the world changed forever. And he said, hey, go and do what? Be the church my bride on the earth, the gathered together ones of God, the ecclesia, go and, and live life and make disciples. And as you're going, make disciples of all nations and teach them to obey everything that I've told you. Know this book, why? Not so you can just be impressive. Know it so you can tell them everything I've said. And know this, that I'm gonna be with you forever, even to the end of the age. He ascends into heaven, his poor, his spirit comes down. The gifts of the spirit start to flow through normal, ordinary people. I mean, I love seeing all the pictures of, of the, the disciples, the apostles, and, and, and then almost in this like glorified state. The thing is, is they were just normal bros. And, and you know, it's easy as a pastor to go, oh, well, now I'm a pastor, life is different. But it's like, I forget, when God saved me, when he set me free, when he called me to a life of commitment to him, I'm just an ordinary guy. We're just ordinary people where the spirit of God has poured out, called to change the world. And so we as the church are not here so we can you know, build the most comfortable situation and have our influence and power and recognition and fame. We're here to be an extension of this movement that a man started years ago to seek and save that which is lost, to set captives free, to, 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 to open the eyes of the blind and to show the world his great love. And so I've, I've, I'm inspired today to, 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 to remind us and to not just remind us, but to exhort us to, to change the way we think. Because if we want to be the kind of church where we under-deliver and over-promise, we can just keep going the way we've always gone. But if we want to be the church that has more, then all we have to do is surrender our life one more time to him and say, God, you have your way here. Tomorrow morning as I get up in my marriage, in my parenting, in my career, in my life here, in the body of Christ, in my small group, have, have your way. That he's not afar off, but he promised that he'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. And and this experience, this life that we have, I, I mean, I, there's so much stuff that's important in life, but there's nothing more important than what God's put you here to do. 
your career, the way you put dollars in a bank account to provide for your life is not the sum total of your existence. Your your address will not define you in eternity. The size of your home, the beauty of your home, the aesthetically pleasing nature of everything around your life will not sustain you forever. What will be a part of you forever is the jewels in the crown of life, the people's lives you impact while you're here. And that's what the early church was capturing. They got a hold of this crazy upside down notion that the church is actually the, the, the conduit. It's not, you know, we're not here to just build up a church. I, I, I feel confident right now that our vision for the church right now in this season is to build. And we do that by building a facility, but I, I very, very loosely mean build bigger. I mean build roots. We're in a season where we need to build up the body of Christ. We need to arm and arm, link by link, working out difficult situations, hard situations, good conversations, hard conversations. Build up. We need to learn and grow and tie our root systems together because if God brings more people, that's great, but that's not our goal. We want to have more people join in and be a part of the actual body. I could care less. You know, it would be so easy to fill this church for 10 services. Dr. Rutland says it like this. You could put an ad that says free beer and hot wings in the Tennessean at one church home next Sunday, and I promise thousands will be here. But that's not a church. That's free beer and hot wings. I want to build the church. I want to see God's church grow. Why? There's no reward for building a bigger church in heaven. It's because it changed my life and I want people's lives to get changed. I want to see people encounter the spirit of God in their life, in their, in their own life, in their marriage, in their parenting, in their careers, and be mobilized to do what God's called them to do and be everything God's called them to be because it transformed me. Like, I'm not done with the church. God's not done with the church. I don't want to give up. Like, the church is still God's plan for the world. So I want to look and see and, and encounter what the early church had a hold of. They knew that this was more than just something to add on to their life. It was more than another extracurricular activity. It was everything that they had been looking for. Acts chapter 2, 42 and 47, we've already studied some of this. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers, and then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them amongst all as anyone had need. <coughs> There's more to it. But for time's sake, I want to jump into a piece of this this morning. If you've missed, again, it's been chaotic around here, so you'll have to check out a lot of sermons to get it all. But 
But if you haven't been here while we've been talking about Acts chapter two, kind of the foundation of more that we're talking about, we've looked already at continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. Today, I wanna look at verse 43. And then fear came upon every soul and many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. Let's talk for a second about fear. The fear coming upon every soul that, that when the church is really being the church, when, when we're functioning and operating in the more that is available to us, if we here in Middle Tennessee, if we want to experience the more kind of church that, that is available, then yes, we've got to be rooted in the teachings of the apostles. And I said already, who's standing on this stage is not, we're not the apostles. This is where you find the words of the apostles. You get into this book, you let this book get into you. You, you remind yourself what this book says. You meditate on this book daily so you can understand the language of heaven. You can hear what God sounds like, what he looks like, what he, how he functions. You need to be in this book. And then fellowship. We need to be in relationship together, even though sometimes that's hard. I oftentimes would rather, I say this probably too much, I think I don't like you. I would rather go home and watch TV with Amanda than do like almost anything. It's like, well, we've got dinner tonight. It's like, or we could skip and just eat Chinese food here. And so I, it's hard sometimes to, to push out and go, hey, I want to go, I want to go build relationship. I want to go build community. I want to go like, but it's the way we're wired and it's our access to more. So even if you don't feel like it, fellowship is actually the pathway to experience abundant life as a Christian. So we got to be in the book. We got to be in community. When, they, when that starts happening, things start changing. And then we get committed together to, to, to being in, 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 in mealtime together. We eat together. We break bread together. We take communion together. We pray together. And then what happens is all of a sudden, fear comes upon every soul. That sounds kind of intense, right? It's one of those things that when you, you first say it, you're like, well, I was good with eating. I'm, I'm good with hanging out. I'm good with the fellowship. I'm good with you know, gathering together, getting in the word, but now I gotta be afraid? Fear came upon every soul. This word, it means a sense of awe, a sense of wonder came upon them. There was an acute awareness among the community of God that they were not observers, but participate participants with the work of God on the earth. All of a sudden, when they start flowing and functioning in the way and will of God, when they start being the more kind of church and they're experiencing all this stuff, all of a sudden, they all started to kind of look at each other and go, man, it, it feels like God's actually doing something here. You know, I, I can tell you this. I look around this room and I see people that were in my living room and they're, you know, like our, our big, great one church home and our, our great, you know, services were, were Kelly trying to fumbling with papers and, and playing a guitar while we were all just praying and had no idea what God was gonna do. 
we sat and, and believed and went, man, I, I know we're called to this moment and, and, and God kept bringing people and people and, and we were, it confirmed and reaffirmed that we're called to build a church here in this city. And there was a sense of God's really up to something. God's really doing something here with all the imperfectness of the people, with all the, 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 the of who we are. God's up to something. That was three years ago. And I can tell you right now, beloved, as I stand and, and am sitting and, and, and praying and worshiping, when I come into our church today, I still get that feeling that God is surely up to something here. It doesn't make sense in today's, you know, comfortable Christian world for people to willfully pass churches that have cushions on their seats. It doesn't make sense. Pastor Randy was telling me this morning, he was giving me a, a word of testimony about what he'd been up to connecting people as our connections pastor as I've been gone. And he said, the other day I had to take something to two different small group leaders. I left my house, I drove to one person's house, and then I drove to another person's house. And, and that drive from my house to their house to their house, all members of the church, all functioning in the body, was three hours and 17 minutes to get across the different expanse that is One Church Home's reach. It took him three hours and 17 minutes to go to three houses. What does that tell you? Well, we got a big neighborhood. It doesn't make any sense for people to drive 50 minutes to sit in a metal chair and, and in, a, in a gym when there's a church on every corner. And yet God is surely up to something here. There's a sense of awe and wonder among them that God is moving and God is speaking and I don't want to miss it. That's what they're talking about in Acts chapter two, and it's what's happening right here in our midst at this church, even for our church that's online all over the world. A sense of awe, fear came upon every soul. And what did they do? Signs and wonders started happening among them. Miracles started happening around them. The apostles started to operate in the supernatural gifts of God. People started doing things that made no natural sense. And now listen, does that mean healings? Yes. Does God want to heal right here in this, in this room? Yes. Does that mean we can pray for, for, for cancer to be gone in Jesus' name? Absolutely. Does it mean that eyes can be opened for the blind? Absolutely. That deaf ears can hear again? Absolutely. Anything is possible. God can do whatever he wants here. When the church is operating in the, in the supernatural more that is afforded to us, anything is possible. Don't for one second think. We are a tongue-talking, spirit-filled church. That being said, we're never gonna worship the gift over the giver. Amen. We're not gonna make a circus here. We're not gonna make this something that gets, you know, now listen, can God do whatever he wants to? Listen, we've seen it happen. He disrupted our service a couple weeks ago and we just, I, I had to go over to Steve and say, do you have a message? Mine's not gonna fit here. But we're not gonna get in the habit of getting so 
amped up in our feels that we're more concerned with what God will do for us than who God is with us. And so we're, I'm, I'm way more excited about God being with me than fixing my issues because that's consumer Christian life and that is not in the Bible. We're not here to get what we can get from God. We're here to live life with him and trust that he's with us in anything that happens. My treasure is that day. My treasure will come when I enter those gates and I hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I can bear with what he needs me to bear with on this side. So I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna believe, but I'm gonna sing a song no matter what because it's who he is and he is worthy of it all. So signs and wonders were done. Wonders, divine actions on the earth that reveal the power of God. Which, by the way, can we just talk about this? We get so caught up in the, in the miraculous healing, in the miraculous, in all this, this stuff that, you know, prophetic words. Hey, tell me something that no one can know. What about the miracle that is when the people of God stop being greedy and start being generous and they take care of widows and orphans all over the world. Is that not miraculous in today's world? Come on. When we see people living counter to the ways and the will of this world, when we see men and women living a life where they they cherish one another, they guard their eyes, they they focus on what matters most, they live holy and righteous intimately between one man and one woman. That's divine, That's, that's wonders in this world. That should be celebrated. We should be excited to see marriages that are just holy and righteous. Households are they're raising kids in the ways of Jesus. That's a sign and a wonder to me. So I wanna, I wanna celebrate all of it. And I don't wanna throw out any of it. And they were together and had all things in common. It's like, you lost me there. The church was together, Hebrews 10, 23, and 25. They had all things in common. It's important to understand something as we look at these points. As we see this, they were together, they had all things in common. That could make you think, uh, I'm sure that verse has been used a lot of times to manipulate a lot of people. You need to do what I do, dress the way I dress, look the way I look, do, you know, operate the way I operate if you wanna, if you're gonna be the church. No, what, what it's saying here is that when you all get kingdom eyes, it's not that you're gonna stop being Randy and you're gonna stop being Jeff and you're gonna stop being Jerry. It's that all three of you are gonna get a common vision with a common goal and you're gonna start to operate in a oneness and a unity that's gonna, that's gonna change the way you live life every day. That when a whole church of this size in a neighborhood the size that we're reaching starts to operate under the same vision and values and, and desires to see God move and to build a more kind of church, all of a sudden you're gonna see Jerry the optometrist operating under the same unction and, and, and vision and value as Alan the physical therapist. 
They're gonna have commonality. They're gonna have commonness in their life. What is that commonness? Is it they're, they're gonna dress the exact same every day? I promise you not. Jerry does not have near enough Brentwood Academy swag to dress like Alan. It can't happen. But they're gonna love the same way. They're gonna pray the same way. They're gonna worship the same way. They're gonna live a life where they care more about other people's life with God than they care about getting what they can from them. They're gonna put others before themselves. They're gonna see, they're gonna desire to see the kingdom of God move in the earth more than they care about building their own thing. And I can testify that these two men do exactly that. That that's how they live their life. They have a sense of, of commonness among them, even though they're two very individually different people. Is this making sense? And then they did this crazy thing. They sold and they gave. Beloved, please don't hear this with some broken wounded ears that say, he's just trying to get my money. I promise you this is not even a giving series. Things are great, but we're not gonna put the word out of the word. It says what happened. They had all things in common and then they sold and gave away to whoever had a need. Does that mean that this whole church needs to quit your job and sell all you have and we'll all just be unemployed and homeless? That doesn't seem like it's gonna work either. No, it means the heart of the thing. They saw each other and they were willing to pick up the slack. They saw the needs of each other and they said, hey, I'm not gonna sit idly by and watch them suffer, so I'm gonna go meet a need. I'm gonna see a need, I'm gonna meet a need. I'm gonna be a part of, of not just assuming that someone else will take care of it, somebody else will fix it. If God has blessed me with the eyes to see a need in the life of the church and I have the means to fix it, then while we sit across the table and eat, I'm gonna say, let me take care of that. And then I'm gonna be humble enough to bring my needs to the people too. I'm gonna to bring my needs and say, hey, hey, I, I, I've got a problem. I, I've got this happening or that happening. I need some help here. I, I, I've, got a, I've got a plumbing issue. Is anybody that knows how to do some plumbing in the house? I got this. You know, that doesn't mean we need to be the people who just take advantage of everybody willing to give, but we all mutually give and take and receive and offer and trust and obey and live. And all of a sudden, when we're having all things in common, you know, it doesn't say this first. It doesn't say the first thing the church did is they sold everything and then they took care of each other. That is the byproduct of all the other pieces stacking on top. The way you get to this is by living a life where you're rooted in the apostles' teaching, prayer, fellowship, connectivity, dining together, eating together, living life together, serving one another. Then all of a sudden, there's a fear among us all that we realize that we're first committed to God, then everything else, that our first ministry is with him. And then from that place, it flows into our, our marriages, it flows into our homes. And then all of a sudden, we start to realize that we have a lot in common, even though it might not feel like it. 
that there's this commonality, that we're all in desperate need of Jesus, no matter where you are, what you've got or what you've had. We need him. And then from that place, we can take care of each other. You see, beloved, there is a, there's a real, you, you start to see it come to life and you go, that would work. Crazy. It, it like did. And it does. And it will. And it's the only thing I care to do. If that's not the church you're looking for, I promise you, I could give you a list. Just go look at Mark Rampala's Instagram. He, he listed, this guy's so crazy. He does not even advertise his church. He advertises other churches. And I love that about Mark. But it's like, go find a church that fits because this church is going after that vision. We want to see uh, uh, an ancient practice fulfilled in a modern day where we can start to participate in this holy kind of living, this more kind of living where generosity can define us. We can be everything God made us to be. So church, as we proceed down this path of building up. We're not building, a, it's not just building to build a facility. That would be, but it's funny how God uses the natural to impact your supernatural. And I'm going, God, what's, what are we doing right now? What's, what's the vision right now? Where are we headed right now? He said, this is a season of building, a season of sowing, a season where we're going to put structures and systems in place and do all that, not for the sake of being able to go, look at us, we got a big church, but we're gonna be the church. Let's get all the details out of the way so we can function on that which matters most. Let's trust and, and believe and, 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 and lean into the fact that he's made us for this moment and that we can be a more kind of church that, that functions and operates in the way he designed, not in the way that modern American culture has told us to, 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 to live. So church, we're, we're committed to this. The church is the great hope of the world. Small home groups are the way forward. Change isn't going to start out there, though. If we want to be different, if we want to impact the world for Jesus, if we want to change the world for the cause of the kingdom, we don't need to wait for someone out there to tell us how to do it differently. We need to start living the way he's instructed us to live. And it's going to be sacrificial, and it's going to be a bit invasive sometimes. It's going to be like weird because you're going to have to like do life together. And that might mean you have to drive three hours to three houses. But he's worthy of it all. So my encouragement to us today is to, with anticipation in our hearts, Make a commitment to, to God himself. Say, God, I want to be your church. This isn't about one church home or a facility or some members list. This is about being the ecclesia, the body of Christ, the called together ones. So that one day we might get to that place 
stand before his presence and hear him say, well done. Good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. Amen, somebody? Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a fantastic week.